Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Film with CJ. My name is CJ. My pronouns are they them as always. It has been a minute. It's been quite a while. I think like maybe over a month since I put something out and um I'm not even trying to give excuses or anything but this is literally what happened. My robot vacuum went over my lavender headphones which I've had for probably not even a year like literally less than a year um and somehow they just stopped working after my vacuum ran over the cord which is like just my luck and then um I got COVID and I'm still getting over it um COVID's not fun this is the first time that I've had it um so I'm a little bit congested still um as you can probably hear on the microphone but and there hasn't really been anything that good out that I've seen until like the past couple weeks um so here we are here we are we're back and we're better Anyway, enough with the excuses. Um, the movie that I want to talk about for this week's episode is called Nightmare Alley. And this movie, I believe, is on both Hulu and HBO Max right now. So if you have either Hulu or HBO Max, you can see this movie for the free. Well, not free, but not movie, tic- m- not movie theater ticket prices. Um, Nightmare Alley is... A movie by Guillermo del Toro, one of my three directors, writers in my holy trinity, which I've talked about on this podcast many times. Um, But this movie came out last year in 2021, and I don't remember hearing really that much about it. Um, I don't know if that was just because, like, it started filming in 2020 and it got shut down because of covid and everything like that and i I just don't know if there was like budget to really do heavy promo but gamer del toro is loaded so i don't know but regardless i don't remember hearing that much about this movie when it came out um and i just so happened to see it on streaming services and found out that it was by Guillermo del toro and i was like okay so i have to watch it Um, but it is a thriller slash drama movie, not really in the horror realm, but does have a star-studded cast. So there's Bradley Cooper, there's William Dafoe, there's Tony Collette, there's Kate Blanchett, who I feel like she does not get her due for being an extremely talented actor with range, like... I don't know if I've talked about it on here yet, but, like, the way that Ryan Gosling can do literally any genre, Kate Blanchett, I feel like, is the female equivalent of that. Like, she can do drama, she can do romance, she can do thriller, she can do drama, she can do, like, she can literally do anything. I don't know how she is at musicals, because Ryan Gosling can do musicals, but, like, she has a range that is not talked about enough for me. 
And then also there's Rooney Mara in the movie, who has a very, like, distinct look. She's, like, she's, she is a white, she's a white woman, but, like, she looks very unique to me. Nightmare Alley is a movie based on a 1946 novel of the same name, um, and this film adaption is a second film adaption of the novel. Um, I haven't seen the first one. I think the first one came out, like, literally in the 40s, um, so I'm not gonna watch it because I'm just not a fan of, like, classic movies or like really old movies like they just don't do it for me um and I feel like there's not enough zhuzh in the movie for me to actually get something out of it so we're just gonna stick with the 2021 version of Nightmare. This movie follows the main character Stan who is played by Badly Cooper um in the 40s as a grifter with a dark past working his way up through a carnival slash freak show where he meets a clairvoyant couple. So, like, when I say freak show, I think not necessarily to the intensity that American Horror Story did it, where it's, like, people with, like, bodily, like, very apparent physical abnormalities. Um, but, you know, back in, back in the 40s and 30s, like, carnivals were, like, we like people who would be considered like weirdos in regular society um using those like things that are deemed as weird to like make money or like provide spectacles for people to like come and pay to see um so stan he makes his way to the carnival he's trying to like learn all the tricks of the trade and like make some money obviously um he then meets this couple who whose act is like mentalism or like tarot cards or reading cards, reading the future, like telling people their future, like speaking to the dead, that type thing, or speaking to like spirits that have passed on. Stan becomes obsessed with learning the secrets of their trade. Um, and obviously their, their trade is comprised of a bunch of tricks of like coded language and like body language between the two um to get them to like provide a show that the audience believes but is not actually real as stan continues to work with them and continues to learn the secrets of their trade he is warned to not use these secrets or skills to pretend to talk to the dead and of course you know as time goes on as Stan gets more and more successful um creating a mentalism act of his own he does not heed these warnings and his judgment becomes clouded by his own greed and his own obsession with money which eventually leads to his demise this is a very full circle movie in a way that reminds me of like classic Shakespearean tragedies like Macbeth, how that story was a very, very full circle moment um, in which greed contributes to the own main character's demise. This movie definitely captures that and I wonder if there was 
if the novel definitely if I wonder if the novel was inspired by Shakespeare in that way because like the parallels are very similar. This movie also deals with a couple other essential themes like empathy or the lack thereof, greed, class. It also touches on the I guess I would say battle between science and psychology versus mentalism and tarot. Um, kind of like, you know, where does one end and the other begin? Are there merits to both? Um, can one help only one group of people and the other one only help another group of people? Certainly, science and psychology is more accepted by mainstream society, but mentalism and tarot also seem to have a profound effect on helping society as well. I think my only gripe with this movie was Bradley Cooper being cast as the main character Stan and I think it's just because Bradley Cooper has a very objectively attractive face that I just didn't feel like he was super seamless as the character Stan given who Stan is and what he's done in the movie. Um, I wish maybe they had given him, like, different makeup or, like, some kind of, like, prosthetic to make him not look so pretty. Um, just because Stan, as, like, at his core, is, like, not a good person. And... There are some movies where you can like play off of someone's objective attractiveness on the outside um, to like make like to be a direct uh, what is that word? I think it's like dichotomy, like the dichotomy between like being super objectively attractive on the outside, but like on the inside, you're super ugly. I just didn't feel like that was the like, if that was the point, it wasn't highlighted enough. Um, and I feel like he was just, like, a bad guy who just happened to be beautiful. But, like, that wasn't the point. Um, so, I don't know. I kind of just wish they had either cast someone who was, like, not Bradley Cooper. Or given him something in the face to make him a little bit uglier. Hence, his character more believable. Nightmare Alley currently has 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 4 out of 5 on Empire Online, and 3.6 out of 5 on Google Reviews. This person said, I had very high hopes for this movie because of the stellar cast, director, and story. I watched the original Nightmare Alley a few weeks ago in anticipation of this one. I hate to say it, but this remake strongly disappointed me despite the solid acting and amazing cinematography, and I consider it mediocre. I found myself bored during the last third, including the ho-hum ending. In my view, the director, usually among the best, dialed this one in and paid little attention to the finished product before its release. Because the film fails to develop the characters except for David Stratham's Pete, despite his fairly short on-screen time, but he always does this well. 
We do not know enough about who these people are because the dialogue each one has does not get the job done and the individual scenes, while generally well acted, do not connect well with each other to keep the story flowing. Bradley Cooper's lead show shows solid acting. Rooney Mara, William Defoe, and Tony Collette are likewise pretty solid, while Kate Blanchett, Richard Jenkins, and Ron Perlman are practically wasted in what, have, what could have been terrific roles had their respective scripts been better. I relish noir films, but this one seems like noir light and could have benefited from copying the 1940s and 1950s noir classics in terms of engaging viewers for the whole film, including the 1947 original version of this one, which scored better with audience and critics alike. I was not surprised at this version's inclusion in the just-announced Oscar Best Picture category because the critics put it there after checking all the boxes, but I note that the overall audience reaction is much closer to mine and lower than that of the critics. This proves once again the wide gap between critics and audiences over what what makes movies really good and enjoyable to watch. It is okay to watch, but I suggest keeping cinematic expectations modest. Okay, I do hear what this person is saying. This movie is long. It is like two and a half hours long of just runtime. So... I get that after watching a two and a half hour long film, you would want to be, you would hope to be enthralled for two and a half hours. Um, That is hard to do. And I feel like even on here, I've maybe reviewed one film that was actually long where I was 100% drawn in from start to finish and that was Dune. Um, it can be hard, it's hard to, it's hard to do that for two and a half hours, and it's not the norm, um, so I get it. I also understand what this person was saying about the individual dialogue for some of the characters being, like, not all the way there. I do feel like that is maybe also contributing to what I said earlier about Bradley Cooper not being 100% seamless into his character, because, like, some of the things that he was saying, I was like, someone who looks like you would not, would probably not say this like that. Like, it just didn't come off as, like, 100% authentic. So, I do feel like for this movie, Guillermo del Toro, and I think he also had a co-writer um, for this film as well, he probably wrote this screenplay without having a particular actor in mind and he just gave the script to Bradley Cooper after he had been cast and I don't know if there was any like rework done on the script once he was cast or once any of the other characters were cast um and you can kind of tell I also do think that the probably like the first third of the film is slower than the subsequent thirds of the film and that's just like you need you do need the setup for this for this movie I like I do believe it's justified um and I think the like the draw of the film is like the whole journey overall because it is such a full circle moment but like when you're watching it it's like bro where the fuck is this going i think it like 
I don't know. Unfortunately, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you just have to like watch it to appreciate the rest of the film. Also, very much agreed that this is not as noir as Gamma Del Toro's del toro's other films however gamma del toro's other films are very 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 fucking noir like pan's labyrinth i've seen that movie twice in my life once when i was way too young i think i was like maybe 10 and then once again when i was 18 and when i saw it when i was 10 it scared the living daylights out of me and I had reoccurring nightmares for years. When I saw it again in 18, I was still, like I didn't have reoccurring nightmares, but the imagery in that film still stuck with me in like a bad way. Um, so I get that people are saying like, this is like noir light, like it wasn't as noir as his other films, but like his other films are like, dark as fuck so this person said i gladly give this film three and a half stars instead of just three the film keeps you guessing every actor immerses you into their story each scene transitions to the others seamlessly and for almost the entire movie you're left finding the right puzzle piece to complete it all in your head like a game of clue i was startled by several sequences that albeit sometimes unnervingly pretty and noir noirish you couldn't help but wonder if the entire premise was made to second-guess yourself, or if it indeed was as good as it hoped to be. With that said, of course there were subpar love scenes and some excruci excruciatingly questionable takes on how the film transcends you to their world. To me, the end had me repositioning my theater recliner to the upright position so I could dart towards the exit faster than you could say, carnival geek. Gladly, it had spunk for an older era film. Almost every actor was fantastic, and by the end, I wasn't too focused on whether it was meant to be perfect or not. Overall, definitely an entertaining piece of noir film. I'd be happy to watch later with a date and act all surprised all over again so she can enjoy it just as much as I did. I'm so lonely. I think it's very interesting that multiple people have commented on the fact that, like, this film, like, the acting and the writing mostly just the writing make like makes you like think that maybe you're the one that's interpreting it wrong and that's why it's not landing but clearly if there's like more than you know three people who are saying like I was left like it wasn't clicking for me like it just wasn't all the way there clearly it was the movie and now I'm just kind of like Y'all didn't do a table read. Y'all didn't do, like, any sort of, like, tweaking to the script or anything. Clearly, it was the movie's fault, and they didn't think that much about it, which is quite unfortunate. I would give Nightmare Alley a 7 out of 10, probably. I think, like, the writing and the writing and or casting could have been better depending on whether or not you're thinking that the writing should fit the actor or the actor should fit the writing um but I liked the I liked the the full circleness of it I did and I didn't even get I didn't even guess it and usually I'm pretty good at like guessing the endings and maybe I just wasn't even looking for one so when it finally got to the end 
and I realized the full circle moment. I was like, oh shit. Um, but there are probably like some people on Reddit who are like, oh, I totally guess that that would be the ending and whatnot. But I en- I enjoyed it. I like noir films. I like Guillermo del Toro. Um, I liked the overall theme of it. And it wasn't like so noir that I was like traumatized. It wasn't so noir that I like had to mentally prepare to go into it. Um, it's just like it was like a a casual viewing noir film. Um, so yeah, seven out of ten for me. And next week, I'm going to be reviewing the movie Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. So, um, check back in next week and there will be a new episode. See ya!